0: Welcome
1: to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. This is the third time Biden has said we're going to go to war. This is getting crisis
2: level with this man. Spread most readily through person-to-person contact, especially with body fluids. Our one-China policy has not changed. Safe baby formula. The playbook of Russia's
1: aggression comes straight out of another century. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in.
3: It is News and Views for a Tuesday. (laughs) How about them Pirates? They keep doing it. Fifteen in a row. Yeah. Uh, They, I mean, it was a Grand Slam Fest. They're playing South Florida. I guess it was the sixth inning that,
4: uh. Yes, that's Sixth inning.
3: Mm -hmm. The Pirates are up. Three was it? Three nothing. Three nothing. Three nothing. South Florida loads the bases, hits a grand slam home run. They're up four three. The very next inning, with two outs, it was a two out rally. Pirates load the bases. Bryson World comes up to the plate, puts it out. Uh, They go back up seven to uh, four, and that was the final score of the game. And uh, we were just watching a a video. Bryson World. Before he hit the grand slam, had a, a, an incredible play from center field. The runner was on, there was a triple hit. The runner was on third, two outs. He tries to tag on a long fly ball. I guess there was one out because if it was two outs, that would have been the third out. There was one out anyway. Bryson World threw him out at the plate. I don't know how many feet it was. It was what three hundred foot?
4: close to uh, it they said 375 i'd say at least 350 or 60 at least because 375 how deep is center field well, it, that? it was over 400 i saw the was well, si- it really i saw the wow. sign it was over 400 so it was it was at least 360 wow maybe 370 so awesome. kudos to
3: bryson world and uh the fifth year senior uh anyway uh they advance they'll play uh cincinnati uh thursday at 1 p.m so they have tomorrow off the uh games can be heard on ninety four point three, our sister station. And uh Scooter Rogers doing a great job. Yeah. I, he is really doing a good job. He was uh you know, I've known Scooter from
4: uh, down at
3: Little League baseball. He's been very involved with that. But uh we
4: well, you know that I've watched or and listened to baseball my entire life. Uh in the old time announcers always talked about uh you know when a guy makes a great defensive play. It's great that he gets rewarded the mm-hmm, next inning mm-hmm, with a good mm-hmm, offensive yeah. play. And it was perfect. In fact, I I had that thought because I, I got back from a meeting. I turned it on. I had that thought. I said, now, he deserves to come up big here. And <laughs> Came up as big as you can get. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that would be bigger is if that was
3: a national championship game. But uh, they they will uh, continue on, and they'll play uh, Cincinnati, as I said.
4: No, they'll play Tulane, uh, Tulane. day after Cincinnati, tomorrow. Yeah,
3: okay, that's right. Well, wait a minute. This this uh, out of uh, WNCT says ECU advances to face Cincinnati in the next round. They'll play Thursday at one p.m. No, that's t- a that's a that's no, a typo. Yeah, Cincinnati, Cincinnati lost today.
4: No, Cincinnati beat Tulane today, like nine to one. Okay, okay, and okay. so Tulane's in the losers bracket. So we, they play the we, toughest team. We get a day off, and Cincinnati gets a day off, and they'll play the losers. Day after tomorrow. Anyway, we'll try to figure it out.
3: <laughs> this is why Patrick Johnson is around. We we, we do politics. He does sports. Uh, speaking of politics, and sometimes there's politics in sports. <laughs> at, often, often. Unfortunately, with ESPN, it's usually liberal politics. Um, got a uh, feed from Jim Perry. Apparently, at five thirty, we might see if we can join that. At five thirty, there is going to be a press conference. Uh, amongst senate republicans to unveil a parents bill of rights Uh, press conference to discuss legislation enumerate the rights of parents to direct the upbringing education health care and mental health of their children i can only imagine that this is going to be somewhat patterned after the desantis bill of rights down in florida Uh, Who was the other – there was another uh, state that has come up with a very similar Mm. Bill of Rights I was just reading about. It's not
4: a Democrat state. (laughs) No, no.
3: Uh, It was uh, a Republican state. I'm trying to remember who it was. but uh,
4: Oklahoma, maybe? uh, I think you might be wrong. Ohio. Ohio, wasn't it? Hmm. I was going to say Oklahoma was right. Let's go to (laughs) – We're a lot of guessing today. Let's go to Mr.
3: Google. (laughs) What you're doing, Mr. Google, uh, News and Observer is reporting North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein apparently had a minor stroke last night Um, he was uh, out walking his dog with his wife and uh, said he had stroke-like symptoms which i'm not sure exactly what the stroke-like symptoms are but uh, he went to the hospital and doctors confirmed he had a minor stroke and uh, they did a procedure to remove a small blood clot I, you know, I, I am. It could have happened to anybody. I, he's had COVID. I don't. I assume he's a Democrat, so I assume he's had the, uh, the shots and the boosters. But uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. You can draw your own conclusion. But uh, one of the, um, side issues with some of these vaccinations is blood clotting, and uh, whether or not that had anything to do with this. Anyway it sounds like he's going to be fine and doing well house uh, speaker tim moore said he was praying for a full and speedy recovery and uh, we wish that for him as well i do not wish any uh but good things for everybody's health
4: that that parents uh bill of rights bill is in georgia and texas has is working on one
3: lots of interesting things coming out of georgia (laughs) yeah it's the worst state you live in, yeah <laughs> um and uh stacy abrams today was uh, really trying her best to walk back what she said yesterday i mentioned this on yesterday's program she came out over the weekend and was basically bad-mouthing her own state which obviously isn't a real brilliant uh, political strategy if you want to be the governor you don't come out and say this state stinks I mean, basically, what are, you, what are you saying to the people who live in your state that you're asking for your vote? If your state stinks, apparently you think your people stink. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, it is not the people of the state that guides the state
4: and directs the state, and you're coming out and say this is the worst state to live in. And, you know, you've been around campaigns more than me, but I've followed politics my whole life. You know, it, it, it's rare that really a winning campaign is just— entirely negative not necessarily negative against your opponent but just like doom and gloom and end of the world i mean that that of course you know running against joe biden what else can you what else can you say
3: well but your point is absolutely right you you have to be a vision caster you have to and and, you nobody was better than ronald reagan at doing this imagining what we could be and this is what we can be and this is how we're going to get what there. you aspire to be
4: not exactly point, not point out your weaknesses but point out what our possibilities are and i think that's people generally go towards that and and to your point stacy abrams was i mean how, how does georgians feel about that i just don't think that's going to go over exactly
3: on, as i say as a terrible political on strategy. moderate
4: democrats now
3: um the the question of voter suppression the, the she has been everybody looks at Donald Trump and says ah why why doesn't he uh, you know agree with you know all the pundits that said it was a clean clear fair election and everything is wonderful and you know just let bygones be gods? they never say that about Stacey Abrams I mean she has been nothing but voter suppression since she lost to Kemp for the governor's race four years ago
4: it was stolen from her that's what she's been saying now now. and
3: and liberals seem to just say oh okay that's good that's fine um interestingly not only there's a uh compared to the last midterm there's been an increase in votes in georgia by 156 (laughs) percent and minority voters is way up they they i mean the, the the whether you're black or white or Hispanic, all the vote counts are all up. Overall, it's up 156%. <laughs> so uh, this genius, Stacey Abrams, the voter pers- per, uh, suppression queen, came out at a, a little impromptu press conference earlier today, and she was talking about this voter suppression. Cut one, Clark.
2: What we've seen is record turnout among communities of color, among Latino and Hispanic and black communities. Those are voters who weren't in the mix four years ago and they are showing up in this primary and we know they'll show up again in November. The question about voter suppression and voter turnout is causation without correlation. We, I'm sorry, you can make mistakes even when you know what you're talking about. It's correlation without causation. We know that increased turnout has nothing to do with suppression. Suppression is about whether or not you make it difficult for voters to access the ballot. And in Georgia, we know difficulty has been put in place for too many Georgians who wanted to vote by mail, who had to figure out a calendar of applying just early enough but not too late, who had to have wet signatures so they could print things out, take a picture, upload it. We know that across the state, counties have taken advantage of county election boards that have shifted their dynamic. In Spalding County, they eliminated Sunday voting to target a black community that was showing up. We know that across this state, voters are still facing difficulties.
3: <laughs> you can't make it up. Stupid is nah. the stupid does. We know that increased turnout has nothing to do with suppression. <laughs> so the the, the the voter turnout is up 156% from four years ago, and yet she is still harping that there's voter suppression going
4: on. In, in a state, you can't make it up. Yeah, in a state that... Um... You know, Georgia's new law is a lot less restrictive than many states. Colorado, for one. Delaware. And, uh, Delaware, for, for another. One. So, interestingly, Major League Baseball has remained
3: silent on whether the league regrets relocating the 2021 All Star Game from Atlanta um, to uh, they took it over to uh, Denver. Democrats portrayed the vo- voting reforms, which were signed into law by uh, Brian Kemp, as tantamount to a conspiracy to suppress black voters from accessing the ballot box. Many prominent corporations with a uh, presence in Georgia, including Major League Baseball, promptly denounced the law. The league even went so far as to relocate the 2021 All-Star Game. The White House offered support for moving the All-Star Game. Democrats' narrative about the law has not stood the test of time. Georgia is now seeing record voting turnout. Georgia has seen 539,297 people cast ballots as of today. Early balloting, the last time, far outpacing the last time there was a midterm of 182,000. I mean, that's <laughs> almost three times as many. Um, but Major League Baseball, no, 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 just crickets. So when they want to tear down Georgia, when they don't want to tear down anything the Republicans do, they're out there front and center. But uh, and by the way, uh, could you explain to us? I mean, it was a hundred million dollars in tur- tourism revenue that didn't come to Atlanta, and what's the the African American population in Denver is like four percent, and in Atlanta is like <clears throat> close to thirty
4: percent. Yeah, if you take out professional athletes, it's less than that in Denver. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, Denver's white, yeah, I yeah. mean it's just it's, it just is, yeah speaking
3: of uh, elections, by the way, speaking of election fraud, which uh, seems to be a theme that is uh, coming back to the surface uh, tomorrow afternoon, we're scheduled to have I, I mentioned this yesterday. um he he was busy this afternoon, but we're gonna have Hans von Spakovsky of the Heritage Foundation, who is a election integrity guru. Uh, he's going to be on with us tomorrow at five twenty so you don't want to miss that. but In Michigan, there are two prominent Republicans running for the governor in Michigan. They have now been considered ineligible after failing to submit enough valid signatures to make it on the ballot. Republicans seem to have lost two of the most serious contenders for the gubernatorial election in Michigan. Chief James Craig of Detroit Police Department and businessman Perry Johnson, two of the most prominent Republicans running against Gretchen Whitmer, failed to produce the valid signatures necessary to get on the ballot. Gubernatorial candidates are required to submit 15,000 valid signatures to appear on the state ballot, which doesn't seem like that would be that many. I mean, if you're going to have a campaign, it seems like you'd get those pretty quick. According to the Bureau, the affected candidates were victimized via a series of petitioners who obtained nothing but invalid or otherwise unusable signatures, putting them well below the mark. Quote, Michigan's petition process is fatally flawed, because it easily allows criminals to victimize candidates for public office and their thousands of supporters who legitimately sign petitions, Johnson said of the situation in a campaign statement yesterday. Criminals can commit fraud for money or by purposely infiltrating a victimized campaign with illegitimate signatures in a Machiavellian attempt by the opposing party to later have them removed from the ballot, Johnson continued. Unfortunately, the signatures provided to campaigns cannot currently be checked until after this submission to the Secretary of State. This needs to change immediately, he said. The Bureau of Elections announced the complications uh, uh, to the election Monday after reviewing materials submitted by the candidates. In total, five gubernatorial candidates in the state were found to have insufficient valid signatures. Now, I am not advocating that these signatures be accepted. However, is it not interesting When it comes to election integrity in 2020, it was sacrilege not to accept every signature on every ballot, regardless of incorrect dates, incorrect signatures, incorrect addresses. And now we have individuals, these Republican candidates, that might be a threat to a progressive governor, Gretchen Whitmer. Suddenly, it's so
4: important that every (laughs) signature be verified. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like, you know, with anything, you're always against something unless it benefit, you get to a point where it yeah. benefits you, then you're for it. Yeah, But I don't understand the state of Michigan. You know, you have Detroit, which obviously is uh, – I, I can't think of a good term to say about Detroit. It used to be a great American city years it's, ago. Uh, it's
3: a disaster area.
4: But pretty much uh, after Detroit, you've got Grand Rapids, a couple hundred thousand, and then a number of cities that are really no – no different in the size of greenville uh, can detroit voting control that state by so much or, or are those other cities kind of liberal uh, for well, the good most question part? i mean it's i mean generally michigan you know the governor's races into the last couple of times have been fairly close as i recall but uh you know what gerald ford was from michigan he was a senator right from michigan no he's yeah. he was in the house he was in the house before he was ep but you would think you would think the people in the state of Michigan would just look and say, "Okay, we know the way tr- Detroit used to be, and Democrat policies for the last fifty years. Look what it's done to her, and just not go the direction of Democrats."
3: Yeah. It, but, it was it was one of the premier cities in the world, mm-hmm. and now it's a uh, ghost town disaster area. But again, this is the you know if if they have an issue. <laughs> that uh helps their candidate then we need to we need to follow the letter of the law uh have you been following what's going on up in pennsylvania um you know oz oz is uh in this campaign with this guy named mccormick and uh apparently oz is up by uh, roughly a thousand a
4: thousand votes yeah
3: and i mean that's out of uh, uh 1.3 million ballots
4: man that's close <laughs> that's close. Yeah.
3: Uh, 0.007%. But now this guy McCormick is he, he wants he wants to make sure that all the ballots are counted even though they are illegal ballots because they are not, are not properly signed. And now there's a uh, court that has come out and said, you've got to is a brand new uh, appeals court decision that you've got to count these ballots. I mean, this is the same garbage that we went through in 2020. I
4: know. Maybe McCormick should hire uh, Mark Elias and Josh Dines, Show them how it's done. I I mean, (laughs) you know, my wife was saying she really didn't
3: know who was the better candidate, Oz or McCormick, and she made a great point. She said, well, I guess I'm an Oz fan now because mccormick is doing exactly what we ought not to be doing
4: i, I agree regardless you know if this was a democrat versus a republican and a republican was advocating for that i would say no you either have the rule of law or you don't yeah i mean and i guarantee
3: you the reason why
4: and i, I tried to find
3: on this um this court i think it was the, i think it was the third uh, court uh appeals court I tried to find who were the three judges. It wasn't the entire court. It was a panel of three judges. It wasn't the en banc court, just the the three judges. I tried to find who were the three judges that made this decision because strong suspicion they were Democrats, or at least the majority of them were uh, Democrats, at least two of the three. Because I I guarantee you, and, and this is why this is so wrong for this guy McCormick to be asking that these improper ballots be counted if they say yes to this, and by the way, this is probably going to be appealed to the Supreme Court of the United States. But if they say yes to this, I guarantee you, come this November, they will look back on that and say, well, you know, we did it for Republicans mm-hmm. and counted these improper ballots. So certainly we need to count them now that we're in the general election. And Thomas Wolfe, the governor in uh, Pennsylvania, who's a Democrat, you know, he's come out and said, oh, no, we need to count every every." every vote. What do you care, Mr. Governor? You're a Democrat, and this is a Republican primary. Why should a Democrat have any say-so into how the Republicans run their primary?
4: Hey, it's not how you perform. It's how you prepare. Democrats can tell you that. But, I mean, last election, last presidential election, you know, Pennsylvania had all the problems with the same type issues. In fact, Oh yeah. Uh, forgive me, Doctor Murphy, if I have this correct, but Pennsylvania was the only state that Doctor Murphy voted not to certify during the election. Is that that oh, right? I, I, th-
3: I, I think so. Y- I don't. I don't remember. I do not. Recall. If you're listening to, Dr. to Murphy, quote Nancy let us know. Uh, to quote uh, Hillary Clinton, I do not recall. <laughs> five six one eight two five five. Randy is on the line. Hey, Randy. Hey, Tom.
0: Hey, Benny. Who we'll make this make this quick. This is back to what you were talking about earlier with Stacey Abrams, and. The idea of voter suppression and we'll have to get your memory to go back a little bit to one of the all-time great movies princess pride and uh where the spaniard was replying to the young man who kept saying inconceivable, inconceivable. and i would say the same thing to <laughs> stacy abram stacy abram voter suppression i don't think that word means what you think it means
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Inconceivable! Exactly. So. That's
0: right. I don't think that word means what you think it means. They <laughs> don't understand, but it's all about what you said. It's all about trying to manipulate it for their advantage. It's like Benny said, it's not within the rule of law, and it's not within the rule of logic. It's in the rule of whatever we can do to win, but if you try to play by those rules, oh, you're evil. And all that other hey,
3: Bingo. Bingo. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate the call. <laughs> hey, we got to take a time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Whatever it takes. Cause I love the adrenaline in my I do No need to search for the facts. The fact is, it's, um, well, it's it's uh it's uh hold on. Let's see, they uh they gave me uh Just take note. Okay. It's uh one pound of ground beef, one egg. What is this? This that's a recipe for uh for meatloaf someone gave me that. Not... And check in throughout the day. Here. Look. Uh, no, seriously, look around. anybody see a piece of paper with my notes on it? For what's next? Travel with us.
3: On Talk Ninety Six Three and 1037 with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back in. Quick look at your weather forecast. The rain showers this evening with overcast skies overnight around 60. Tomorrow, a slight chance of a rain shower with cloudy skies, a high around 72. So this is going to cool down a little bit. Tomorrow night, cloudy, low 62. Thursday, mostly cloudy skies, a stray shower, or thunderstorm is possible with a high oh. around 85. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Whether you're looking to spin your summer poolside, courtside, or greenside, Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fee required. Headed to the beach this summer? Pack your your clubs. Uh, Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort, Compass Point Golf Club, and Magnolia Greens, located near Wilmington. Contact Membership Director Jenna Doyle, 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today, and uh, you can golf pretty much all over Eastern Carolina. Give her a call. Jenna Doyle. She'll take good care of you. Uh, sorry to report, this is um, gut-wrenching. A shooting at a Texas elementary school earlier today killed 14 children and one teacher, according to Governor Greg Abbott. This just released off Fox News. Abbott identified the suspect as Salvador Ramos, a... Uh, how did you say you pronounce that? Evade? Evolved, Eval- 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 Texas. Evolved, Texas mm-hmm. resident Evolved, Texas. Yeah. The Texas Department of Public Safety and Evolved Mayor Dom McLaugh- uh, McLaughlin told Fox News that a shooter who ran to Rob Elementary School had become barricaded inside. Evolved Memorial Hospital confirmed that two people were brought to the hospital deceased. 15 children were taken to the facility via ambulance or bus for treatment a hospital spokesman said there is an active shooter at rob elementary um anyway i again i i pray that this is a a, a typo um this just uh, i i know it's half a country away but uh well there's going to be some some sad sad heartbroken devastated families uh And and get ready to see progressives jump on this and use this for their uh, their agenda.
4: Yeah, unfortunately, just like we saw in um, Buffalo, what within the last couple of weeks, Democrats will see just how fast they can get to a microphone and and use this as a political issue. Yeah, Uh, look,
3: laws were broken, and again, you know what. had there been someone that could have taken this guy out, anyway. Pray for the families down there. That that is that is heartbreaking. I mean, literally heartbreaking. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to the phones. Tom from uh, I think Bellhaven. Hey Tom. Hey Tom. Hey guys. How are
1: you all today? We're yeah. hanging in there. uh the first thing i to talk about is of course the shooting. That uh, I was a gunsmith for twenty years and wholeheartedly Second Amendment champion, that kind of thing. But, you know, I'm, I'm more curious as to who the shooter was and not what he used, because, as we all know, if you want to kill somebody, you're going to do it. Right. Um, but, you know, that is that is just absolutely, like you said, gut-wrenching. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I want to talk about, you were talking about voter suppression. I am sick and tired of hearing the hypocrisy every single day coming from the left. It just makes you sick. I mean, you just can't it's almost like they, they think they're all their little lives are invisible and they expect us to just, oh, we're gonna forgive you. We're we're not we're not gonna come after you for this and it's just it's just getting to a point where I think people are 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 just about there where they're just gonna say, This has got to stop. This
0: has to
3: Yeah, unfortunately, the uh, unfortunately, the court of public opinion is such that it is tainted by the mainstream media that Mm -hmm. is only too glad to carry the water for these liberals. And, uh, you know, they're they're going to try to paint a Stacey Abrams as, you know, the next Harriet Tubman or something.
1: I agree with you there 100%. The other thing I wanted to say, this morning I was listening and I guess they had Keith Kidwell on this morning and I voted for Keith in the primary. Um, I think he's done a great job. The only thing I had a problem with this morning and maybe you you read it a different way than I do. Keith said, you know, they were talking about the gaming uh law they were trying to pass sports sports betting. Yeah. Sports yeah, sports betting and he said, "Well, I'm not for that. I'm not a gambling guy." Well, I'm not either, and to be honest with you, I don't think they should allow it, but he said, I'm not going to vote for it because I'm not a gambling guy, and to me, he's supposed to be a representative, and his answer should have been, to me, I think, would have been my voters don't want that, and the reason I say that is because it's gotten so to, gotten to a point now where all of our politicians, it's about what they want not what the people want and i think it's time that a lot of this stuff started changing a little bit um and i you know love keith i think he's done a super job that just gave me pause for a second to say wait a minute
4: tom i i can i listen to keith and i i can kind of agree with you in a sense but to to his credit he went on to say that you know he he thought that the people affected by this most were people of lower income that, you know, spend money on gambling instead of other things. So, I, I mean, exactly. I think it th- th- was. Yeah, I, I, I think he was. Yeah, you know, I think he really was taking it from perspective. He just didn't think it was good for people and it was going to affect people in his district in the, in the lower income. But but I get what you're saying. He did say, I'm not a gambling guy. I mean, he did say that. But I, I think it was really. And again, he meant more not, than that. This wasn't, about
1: the, this wasn't about the gaming stuff doing sports gambling i was just just that comment that's all i was saying well you know there's
3: there's there's two ways of looking at it tom because on one hand i i understand what you're saying and and what you're saying makes some sense but again we're a a federal republic and as such you know we all get together and you and i and others get together and say yeah benny's a pretty good guy and and i think benny uh, represents us well most of the stuff that we agree on he agrees with us on so let's send Benny to Raleigh or to Washington to represent us because we think Benny is a good representation of our values. And I think that's why people elect people like, like Keith Kidwell. So I guess the other side of the coin is, okay, we are a representative form of government. And if the representative does a lot of things that you don't like, obviously the next time around you're, you're not going to vote for him. But in in a, in a real sense, I do think, Okay, I, I trust in a guy like Keith. I think he's going to make sound decisions, and therefore I'm, I'm putting my vote to him so he can represent me. Now, I'm not saying that he should ignore those he represents, but in a sense it's because we, we trust the guy. We think he's a guy of character, and so therefore we're going to give him some latitude to, to make those kind of decisions. You know, when it gets right. back
1: to oh, the that makes sense. I mean, that, that makes total sense. Yeah. But
3: getting back to the sports issue, I'm not a gambling guy either, not for the most part, except uh, for my 50 cent bets when I'm playing golf on Saturday morning. But um, <laughs> which I usually am paying out, by the way. But um,
1: I've heard I could come out there and make some real money off. Oh yeah, place,
3: you huh? make some big bucks. I mean, you might be uh, actually pay for uh, half a tank of gas to get home. It. The or uh, half a gallon of gas, I should say. But I I really think that if we're going to do something with sports, have it related to some sort of industry. And as an example, why don't we do horse racing or something like that, where you would actually have uh, a, 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 a track that would attract people, it would attract tourists, and place those in needy areas. Don't put them in Charlotte or Raleigh, but put them in eastern North Carolina or some other rural part of the state. Uh, where a you'd have horse farms and b you would have an industry developed now i mean i'm no guru when it comes to horse racing i just throw that as an example if you're going to have yeah. something have something that would be related to an industry that would actually create jobs the idea of sports betting is you know, some guy in las vegas is he going to make a lot of money
4: and on another note i got some good locations there would be have. happy to sell them <laughs> <in> the land <laughs> <laughs> good conversation go. tom
3: appreciate the call Five six one eight two five five. We gotta take a timeout. We'll be right back.
0: This is your drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
3: Welcome back in 17 minutes before the top of the hour. So tomorrow is the second anniversary of the death of George Floyd. The Washington Post. Now, this this is considered, or was considered at one time, One of the major publications in this country and probably around the world. Two years after George Floyd's death, the Washington Post can't even remember how he died. (laughs) According to the Jeff Bezos own rag, George Floyd was, quote, shot and killed while in custody of the Minneapolis Police Department. On May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was shot and killed in police custody. The Washington Post tweeted Monday night, and that was taken right out of the publication. <laughs> His death sparked outrage, wide-scale protest, and calls to change in policing. Two years later, what has changed or hasn't changed? Uh,
4: wow. Well, maybe the Washington Post were just so intent on trying to get two political moves at once, you know, guns and racial division, <laughs> maybe they just forgot the facts, yeah. you know. Well, who is it calls the Washington Post a Washington Compost? I think that's what that's I call That's probably it, Mark man. Levin. Yeah, I Sounds think it like, is. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the, also Washington Post has recently had an opinion article about <laughs> – basically saying how it wasn't right for you know basically a a multi-billionaire to take over uh you know twitter talking about elon musk and like oh and that was the editorial that was the editorial i said you do realize who owns (laughs) your darn paper right
3: (laughs) epic times has run a story um and this this ought to really and we're talking about election fraud uh boy this is the preamble to you can see election fraud coming down the tracks like a, a freight train representative Ralph norm Norman I should say from South Carolina told the epic Times on May 23rd that President Joe Biden's proposed amendments to the World Health Organization who WHL uh, their authority are the greatest threat to our sovereignty that we face in a long time the South Carolina Republican, said quote for this administration to sell our country down the river like he's doing with this deal with somebody who's under the influence of China who is a person that has not had the first inclination to investigate where the coronavirus came from to give him more authority we're going to ring the bells he said the individual norman was referring to was the world health organization director general tetros tetros is the former minister of affairs of ethiopia Tretros would receive significant authority to act unilaterally if a package of Biden administration proposed amendments to the United Nations international health regulations are adopted. The international health regulations defines whose regulatory powers regarding public health issues around the world. Biden's amendments are to be considered this week during the World Health Assembly in Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, The World Health Organization is under the assembly. The United States provides more than $150 million and assessed contributions to fund the World Health Organization and has given an average of an additional $262 million in annual voluntary funding since 2012. And as, as you know, if you follow the coronavirus boondoggle, who was basically uh, our tetros and
4: world health organization was kowtowing to china the whole time oh uh, china has controlled the world health organization for i don't know how many years at least since this guy has been in i think he's from africa is that right ethiopia yeah. Yeah, ethiopia yeah yeah um yeah africa's a continent by the way not not a country of any but, but you're close you're uh, anyway, close. I was close enough <laughs> but um i mean here I, I think this may be the most important pressing issue right now is to not let this happen because i agree we will have another pandemic at china's direction and who will be taking orders from china i mean look china's they they know the blueprint they know how how it works that i think they caused it last time but it's not just by happenstance that china was the only world economy that that increased their gdp during the pandemic
3: under the proposed amendments, the World Health Organization would be empowered to declare a public health emergency in any country, regardless of whether officials in that country concur with the declaration. <laughs>
4: We're a sovereign nation. There's not a one-world order thing. I know that's what, that's what they want. That's exactly what they want. I, th- I think this is more pressing than any issue that's going on right now. I really yeah.
3: do. Now, uh, granted, and uh, this uh, Ralph Norman from South Carolina has said, uh, uh, Mr. President, uh, if you actually are going to sign a treaty or it's going to be anything official, it's got to go through Congress. So, again, if he does, you know, I've got a phone and a pen crap that Obama did. Obviously, mm-hmm. as soon as the next Republican conservative gets into the White House, he can undo it. But in the meantime, <laughs> we've got two elections. We've got election this November, oh, yeah. and then we'll have election in 2024. And you can see this happening. Oh, all the, uh, hey, Joe Biden, he, I can't do anything. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we're under the authority of the World Health Organization. And they said, we've got to shut things down. They and, and, oh, by the way, to make it fair, since we've got an election coming up and we're being shut down by the World Health Organization, I mean, you can see this coming down the tracks.
4: Yep, see it coming. And and guess what? It probably happened right about – august september and run at least through january through election time you know it'll be something comes up and uh this whole new virus strain to come up and say hey we can't vote in person it's just not yeah. safe
3: yeah. we have to do online voting or, oh, yeah. or
4: something that they can easily cheat at i yep. mean
3: the common denominator in all this is they're constantly trying to figure out a way to cheat and when they when the republicans try to strengthen our voting laws they claim it's disenfranchisement.
4: Well, dem- Unless it happens to help uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, Democrat, I mean, Democrats, I mean, it's, in an election, it's not how you perform. It's how you prepare. It's kind of like that golfer says, you know, hey, the, the, the match is won when you set your bets right, you know. It's not how you play. <laughs> <laughs> you somehow you play, that never works with my golf you game You play I'm with just some saying. people like that. That guy that's, you know, 12, and for some reason, a they 12 always they always shoot, he always shoots handicap, and yet he shoots a always seven shoots seven or 75 or something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, stay with us. we got to take a break. We'll be right back.
0: From ultra high inflation, and yeah, it's my top domestic priority to ultra high cost of living. I know you gotta be frustrated. I can taste it.
2: Oh. It pays
0: to be ultra well informed.
2: We're throwing money away like
1: drunken sailors. I'm so pissed off
0: when you join the conversation.
1: We're just printing more money, which adds to inflation, which destroys the American family. Destroys the American family. That makes me sick.
3: What happens next happens here with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Christy Bach down at uh, News News. Interesting uh, story. I guess this came out uh, late yesterday, perhaps. Uh, Jim Perry, Senator Jim Perry, has introduced a Senate bill to allow the recall of members of the Lenore County Board of Education. Uh, To say they lean left is probably a good description. On Monday, uh, Jim Perry introduced Senate Bill 767 to allow the recall of the lenore county board of education members prior to the introduction of the bill perry sent communication to of his intent to the lenore county school board and the lord lenore county commissioners what i'm going to do is what i'm not going to do is ignore the parents of our community when a significant number of them have reached out and expressed concern about their feelings when their thoughts and concerns were dismissed and they had no system to address their grievances, said Perry. They felt ignored, like they were not heard. The bill states that a registered voter of Lenore County Schools Administrative Unit may seek the removal of a member who represents the registered voter by filing an affidavit, David, with the Lenore County Board of Elections, that names the member and provides a general statement of the grounds alleged for removal. Perry believes all levels of government exist to serve the people. Without those parents, the school board wouldn't be there. Um, Good for Jim Perry. And uh, if we do that for the White House, we'd really be set.
4: (laughs) Yeah, as as I understand it, that would only require uh, a simple majority in the House of Representatives. Excuse me, General Assembly. So if Cooper can't veto it.
3: He can't veto it. Can't veto it. There you go. Well, hey. Uh, you know, if this works, I have a hunch that anybody that has a conservative representative in the House or the Senate is going to be asking for the uh, same type of legislation for their county. I'm yep. just, just saying. Hey, thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.